Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. Today, we're going to be continuing on with our discussion of FLSA exemption. These are the things that uh, determine whether someone is exempt from overtime and minimum wage laws. Some people call this salary versus hourly, though that's not exactly what's going on here. We've talked in the past about what FLSA is, what, overwage, what overtime and minimum wage is, uh, why you may want to be exempt, why you may not want to be exempt. Remember, you can't dock pay under this. Uh, we went through the administrative exemption, the academic administrative exemption, which were uh, the broadest. We then went into the learned and creative professional exemption, and now we're going to wrap up with the last few. So next up is the computer employee exemption. This is a newer one. It was actually not in the original law, which was passed in like 19, I don't know, 48 or 38, 38, I think. So uh, this one's a little bit newer, but to qualify for the computer employee exemption, the following tests must be met. Similar to the others, the employees must be compensated on either a salary or fee basis at a rate of not less than $684 per week, which is, you know, what is that, uh, $35,500, or if compensated on an hourly basis at a rate not less than $27.63 an hour. Keep that in mind. Check your state. State's different. Just a reminder. So we got the salary test. The employee must be employed as a computer systems analyst, computer programmer, software engineer, or other similarly skilled worker in the computer field performing the duties described next. The employee's primary duty must consist of the application of systems analysis techniques and procedures, including consulting with users to determine hardware, software, or software functional specifications hardware, software, system, functional specifications, the design, development, documentation, analysis, creating, creation, testing, or modification of computer systems or programs, including prototypes based on or related to user or systems design specs, the design, documentation, creation, or modification of computer programs related to machine operating systems, or some combination of those duties we went over, the performance of which requires the same level of skill. The computer employee exemption does not include employees engaged in the manufacture or repair of computer hardware or related equipment. Employees whose work is highly dependent upon or facilitated by the use of computer or computer software programs, for example, engineers, drafters, others skilled in computer-aided design, but who are not primarily engaged in the computer systems analysis and programming or other similarly skilled computer-related occupations, uh, are also not exempt under the computer employee exemption. So it, there's a special exemption, because you think about, think about the administrative, think about the learned professional, think about the creative professional. A computer programmer doesn't fall under any of those technically, right? But this is its own special thing. If you're a programmer or a systems engineer or analyst or documentation specialist or a creator, 
you have your own special exemption. You have a different, you're able to pay, be paid hourly, unlike all the other ones, though there is a minimum wage that's much higher than regular minimum wage. No overtime, um, or you can be paid salary, and you must fall into those special skills. So that's an important one. Now let's talk about another like full, just random exemption, not administrative, that kind of thing. The outside sales exemption. To qualify for the outside sales exemption, all of the following tests must be made, met. The employee's primary duty must be in the making of sales or obtaining orders or contracts for services or for the use of a facility for which a consideration will be paid by the client or customer. So you gotta go get sales or leases or contracts or whatever, uh, and they must be for money, right? Not just friendly. The employee must be customarily and regularly engaged away from the employer's place or places of business. Let's go into some of these words. What is making sales? That includes any sale, exchange, contract to sell, consignment for sale, shipment for sale, any sort of disposition of an item. It includes the transfer of title, of tangible property, and in certain cases, of tangible and valuable evidences of intangible property. Promotion work uh, may or may not be exempt. Outside sales work, depending upon the circumstances under which the work is performed. Professional, pro promotional work that is actually performed incidental to and in conjunction with an employee's own outside sales or solicitation is exempt work. However, promotion work that is incidental to sales made or to be made by someone else is not exempt outside sales work. So that's important. So um, here are some good examples of that. Say you have an outside salesperson, and this is actually, I had this case, and. I love being in this business. Um, his job was to sell the contracts to promote parties, right? Not a world I'm involved in, but anyway, it's what they do. So now I am. And so they have, you know, they go to nightclubs, they go to uh, all kinds of different things. And when, they're gonna, when there's going to be a big party, they put 100, 200 people there that are beautiful and fun. So when they go out to promote this thing, there's always uh, some models who go with them, right? They're promotional materials, effectively. They're coming out and they're gonna hang out and they're gonna talk with the salesperson who's trying to sell the event. The salesperson is exempt under the outside sales work contract. The models who go with him, who are promoting the event, just hanging around and drinking and passing out flyers, guess what, they don't get, uh, they're not exempt, they're hourly, okay. Uh, another exception, you know, you think outside sales, drivers who deliver products and also sell such products, they could qualify sometimes as outside sales employees, but only if the employee has the primary duty of making sales. Uh, there are several factors that determine whether a driver has the primary duties of making sales, but that's a compare, some of the ways to do this is to compare the driver's duties with those of other employees engaged as drivers and as salespersons. So how much are they like a salesperson? How much are they like a driver? The presence or absence of customary or contractual arrangements concerning the amount of products to be delivered. Whether or not the driver has a selling or solicitor's license when required by law. The description of the employee's occupation in any sort of union agreements. Sales training and attendance at sales conferences could make a, would, would imply that it's a sales job. The method of payment. The proportion of earnings directly attributed to sales. That's actually the biggest one. So a good example of this. Um, that I, I haven't worked with directly, but we have a lot of mechanic shops, and there's this company called Snap-on, uh, and they sell really high-end tools, and uh, these these sales guys, they, they drive a truck that has all, like, like I don't know, like a million dollars worth of tools on it, and they drive up to the mechanic shop, and they're like, hey, buy the stuff in here. 
and their drivers and their delivery people, because you actually buy it and they hand them to you, um, or you can call them up and they'll bring something out to you that day, which is apparently very important for a mechanic shop. If you're at home, if your tool's broken, you spend an hour, you go out to Lowe's, you pick up the new one. Uh, at a mechanic's office or mechanic's site, if your you know, tool is down, you're, you're blowing hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour on labor just sitting around. So that's the idea behind this business model. Those drivers are almost entirely compensated by sales. They're salespeople. Um, the, uh, let's talk a little bit about what they mean by obtaining orders or contracts for services or for the use of facilities. So when they say that, that includes the selling of time on the radio or television, the solicitation of advertising for newspapers or other periodicals, uh, things on, you know, marketing ads on the internet, the solicitation of freight or railroad or other transportation agency. The word services basically extends this exemption of employees who sell or take order for a service as well, not just things. The actual performance of the services by the customer, maybe by someone other than the person taking the order, obviously. So my salesperson who sells HR services, they're not, there's nothing tangible there. They're actually selling a contract. That's the, the physical property that, that represents the intangible work that I'll do in the future. They are an outside salesperson if their primary duty is sales. They work primarily away from the office uh, and, that can, and they make you know, the right amount of money. So let's talk about that away from the employer's place of business. This is important. Outside sales, it's not sales, it's outside sales employees. They must be customarily and regularly engaged in sales activities away from the employer's place of business. An outside sales employee makes sales at the customer's place of business, or if selling like door to door at the customer's home. Outside sales does not include sales made by mail, telephone, or the internet unless such contact is used merely as an adjunct to personal calls. Any fixed site, whether home or office, used by a salesperson as a headquarters or for telephonic solicitation of sales is considered one of the employer's places of business, even though the employer is not in any formal sense the owner or tenant of the property. An outside sales employee who displays samples in a hotel uh, during like the, the room, during trips, when traveling, is considered to be away from the employer's place of business. So hotels, when you're traveling, count. Similarly, an outside sales employee who displays the employer's products at a trade show is away from your uh, place of business. If selling actually occurs rather than just sales promotion, trade shows of short duration, like one or two weeks, would not be considered as the employer's place of business. That would be outside work. Now, this is separate from promotion work. We talked about that. Promotion work may or may not be exempt outside sales work, depending on the circumstances under which the work is performed. Promotional work that is actually performed incidental to and in conjunction with an employee's own outside sales work is exempt. So obviously you have to demonstrate your product. Do, 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 do. It's beautiful. Look, it's so pretty. Here's pretty papers. That's promotional work. It's not selling, as I have to tell my salespeople sometimes. Anyway. Um, that if a salesperson's doing it part of their sale, great. But if you have someone coming in and doing demos, that could be a different job. Promotion work that is incidental to the sale or to be made or is done by someone else is not exempt sales work. So again, having a person who demos the product, depending on whether that's a learned professional, creative professional, administrative, that could be a job. But if they're none of those things, um, then they would not fall under the outside sale. Okay. Uh, we talked about the drivers who sell, um, the comparison of those duties and, and what they have. Uh, the last exemption that I want to talk about, uh, well, there are two. 
Um, one is, and this is the other kind of catch-all one, it's called highly compensated workers. So we've covered uh, sales, we've covered computer, of course previously we covered administrative and professional, including learned and creative. Now we're talking about highly compensated employees. Highly compensated employees perform office or non-manual work and are paid a total annual compensation of at least $100,000. It may have actually gone up, I need to update that. Check the show notes, uh, which would include that 684 per week on a salary basis are exempt from the FLSA if they customarily and regularly perform at least one of the duties of an exempt executive, administrative, professional employee uh, identified in the standard test for the exemption. So that's this, it's a special rule for highly compensated workers if they make enough money. Um, if they earn the 100,000, if their primary duty includes performing office or non-manual work, so they still can't be a laborer, and they perform one of the job duties of some of these other ones. So an employee may qualify as exempt, as highly compensated, uh, if the employee customarily and regularly directs the work of two or more other employees, even though the employee does not meet all the other requirements in the standard test for exemption as a um, um, executive. So that's really important to know. Basically, if you pay people enough, um, that can absolutely uh, push, make, make it, give you a lot more flexibility. Important to know. Now, one exemption we did not talk about is what we call the executive exemption. Executive exemptions are basically uh, for business owners or C-level executives who are engaged in the highest level of uh, company administration. Direct profit and loss are affected. For example, if you start a small business, guess what? You don't have to pay yourself minimum wage or overtime. This is why that falls in. So uh, it's very important to know that that, that, that exists. Um, if you're, so that's why you hear like CEOs like Tim Cook of Apple taking a dollar salary. Technically, they're not making any money. That, falls, that would break the law, except for the executive exemption. So that's important to know. Um, if you need more information about those, there'll be, there'll be some bits below, but it's pretty intuitive. Um, there are uh, a lot of tests around the highly compensated part there, going back to uh, kind of the catch-all highly compensated, and it's around bonuses and like housing allowances, what you can and can't conclude. The bottom line is you can include cash payments. Uh, they have to make at least the minimum salary, but you can include bonuses. Uh, that are contingent upon performance and that kind of thing to make them highly compensated. Of course, if you don't pay them the bonuses, then they wouldn't be highly compensated and then you'd be in trouble. So you know, think about that. Um, and you can, but you cannot include things like insurance that you're paying for, housing allowances, those sorts of things. So important to know. I hope this helps you guys. We've covered a lot of exemptions. Administrative, learned and creative professional, computer employee, outside sales, highly compensated, and executive. Those are all the different exemptions to the Fair Labor Standards Act. Tomorrow we're going to put it all together, do some examples, talk about it step by step as a way of evaluating anyone in your company and how to do so. And that will wrap up the FLSA salary versus hourly um, um, testing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Rami Ali-Jill, and I very much appreciate it. Only a small percentage of our listeners or watchers on YouTube, iTunes, uh, uh, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, and Spotify are subscribers. They don't comment or like the vast majority, just listen, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But if you would take the time to like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, 
it would make a huge difference for us and I would very much appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.